This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Writing Project. OWP supports teachers from all over Ohio and celebrates the professionalism, expertise, and talent of our state's educators. Ohio Writing Project, teachers teaching teachers. a production of the Ohio Writing Project. If you don't already know about the work we do, OWP runs professional development, delivers credit workshops, and even offers a master's degree through Miami University. What's more, every bit of the work we do is made by teachers for teachers. OWP is all about the power of writing too, both for students and teachers. So before we get to the interview, I'm excited to share a poem by Tim Reisert, who happens to be an OWP alum and a current member of our virtual writing group that meets every Saturday. This is the second Tim Reiser piece we featured on this podcast, and it is called Moth Silver Shimmer. The night we packed the car, a moth fluttered around the bright kitchen, had slipped inside before the screen door flap. I followed in chase with open but slow palms, and when I swooped underneath it and closed my hand, felt its wings against my fingers, now held tight, not tight enough, for it flew again, up by the cupboards in the fruit bowl, its flight crooked, its moth silver shimmer on my hand. For a transcript of this poem and for information on how to follow Tim Reiser's work, be sure to check out this episode's show notes. So one more thing Ohio Writing Project loves is empowering people to be the teachers they set out to be. And we know that a good part of this often involves being the change that we wish to see in the school and in our world. To this end, today I interviewed Celine Thomas, who saw a void in the curriculum and did something about it. What exactly did she do? Know what? Just listen to the interview. I'll let her tell you herself. I created this curriculum called African-American Literature and Pop Culture. So I know it's crazy. And I never I never imagined it would be something that would um, pass. Like, so the board approved it back in 2017. So I worked on a year, like putting it all together. And they were like, yeah, just go ahead and teach it. So it's now a class I, I teach for juniors and seniors. So um, wait, how did you... A, uh, what was the impetus for creating this course? This is something that most people don't get until college, if at all. I know. Right? And that's exactly where it came from. So um, when I moved school districts in high school, I was like super lost, trying to find my identity and figure out like who I am as a person. It wasn't until I got into college and I took my first African-American literature course. And I was like, wow, I'm seeing myself in these literature pieces. Um, but I didn't see anybody like me teaching the course at the same time. So when it came time three years later, two years later into my career, and they were like, yeah, we're offering um, you all to propose courses to teach. I was like, why not give it a try? Like, we'll see what happens. And then next thing I know, they're like, yeah, we want you to teach this course. The kids all kind of vouched in and were like, this is something that we want to see. This is something we want to learn about. 
And I was like, oh man, now I gotta put this curriculum together. Like, wait a minute, wait, I wasn't expecting this. So, so then after that, it just was a, a flood of putting it all together, um, pulling out college material, uh, readings and pull, pulling in pop culture and just seeing what kids would wanna talk about. And it was an amazing, it's been an amazing journey because it's still going. So yeah, this, this is my second year teaching it, they wow. kept it. So, so awesome. that's awesome. It must've been successful. So okay. as you as you started trying to figure out what kinds of materials you wanted to build this course around, like mm -hmm. how did you, I heard you say that you started with some of the college materials. What other kinds of things yeah. did you go after? Um, noticing that a lot of students were drawn to social media, that was kind of the base of it. Mm -hmm. So I tied in a lot of social media aspects and what the whole course involves is them pulling different um, things that they can pro probably utilize in college and further in life. Um, so we go through different parts and then they end up doing a capstone over something they find interesting. So we learn about social media, how social media works. So I have them create Instagram accounts, TikTok accounts, whatever they wanna create. Um, in the first part, they go through that whole process. Then we get into a little bit of spoken word. Um, we do some music. And then by the end, they kind of go through all these different technology tools that they're experimenting with. And the end product was crazy because I told them just go at it, like do what you're passionate about. I had kids writing songs, like producing their own songs, um, doing spoken word poems and uploading them to YouTube, uh, painting, like doing different arts and pieces. I was like, this is crazy. So they were all kind of just expressing themselves based off of everything that was taught. And then, you know, they were able to apply those different technology tools. So, so yeah, I want to come back to the social media piece. Yeah. Um, but before I do that, what were some of the readings I'm putting quote using quote fingers because yeah. readings is something that we know, like, it's not just books. It's not just mm -hmm. magazines. It's not just whatever classical canon. Uh, right. Readings can be so many different things. What kinds of readings uh, were you inviting students to try? So our base text and the school provided me with all the books that <laughs> that I wanted. And I was like, yes. Uh, our base text was the hate you give. So there was a there's a social justice piece, and they were like, yeah, we can do that. It's funny because that same year or the year after we were able to have some of the kids go and actually meet Angie Thomas that year because she came and visited in Ohio. So um, yeah, the same year that uh, they allowed the book. Uh, that was kind of like our base text is one of our units. Um, we use Black Panther because that was my favorite movie at the time <laughs> as the base, as the text also, as a um, movie piece because we talked about Afrofuturism um, at one point. And we really just pull everything that they go about on a daily basis and they go out to see these movies, they watch all these YouTube videos, you know, they're using social media, but we're teaching them a different way to use it and see it um, and kind of use it as, like, like as a textbook, Instagram as a textbook, TikTok, how that algorithm works, um, putting together different content pieces. So using pretty much everything that they touch on a daily basis as entertainment and making it educational. What is, can you dig into a little bit how you teach students about social media? Yeah. Um, 
so it's really just like a base of them understanding how to create a personality or a persona on a social media platform and what that entails. So we kind of observe how some of like the podcasts, the popular ones that they might watch, um, like the Shade Room or uh, celebrity accounts and how they're publishing different content pieces, how people interact with those. So we start with just putting that together and um, we think about what ways they could possibly produce their own content. And it's crazy because I'm glad you asked that question because two years later, one of my students came up to me like, Miss Thomas, remember you taught me how to use this on Instagram? And I was like, yeah. He was like, look, I made my own clothing brand. Now I'm um, showing all of my content on Instagram. This is how I, I used it. So they're, they're going out and doing all the things that they want to do, becoming entrepreneurs just based off of just learning how the algorithm works, how to put together content, how to show if they're doing a brand, how that looks like. Um, and yeah, just going through the motions of how to appropriately use social media if they want to make it a career or, you know, go further in life with that. So how did this social media piece can connect to the original idea of creating an African-American lit and pop culture course? Um, that came from the pop culture piece. I knew that when I was going to create the course, if it was going to be just African-American literature, me personally, I was like, I'm going to be bored with that. I'm not going to lie with just reading. I know students wouldn't take that as an elective to come and just read and write. So the pop culture piece kind of added that jazz to it, if that's how you want to put it. So we start, we kind of go through the motions of supplying some sort of text. Sometimes we use, for example, um, like, like if we're doing The Hate You Give, we'll read the book and then we will watch parts of the movies and see how they connect. That's an example of that. Or with Tupac Shakur, if we're listening to his, a song from his album, we'll go off and see how Asata Shakur, his godmother went and had this whole rebellious regime during the Black Panther movement. Um, and we'll see how all that kind of connects in the different pieces and puzzles and how it moves, how literature and pop culture moves together. And they kind of find their identity in that too. So um, I've had students of all races <laughs> come into this class. That was one thing they questioned me about how to incorporate all students so that they don't feel secluded to, it's just about like only black students can take this course. And it was amazing to see how um, students were coming together and like, this is how we should conversate about this. And really the class is led by the students. Once I teach it, they kind of get into their own conversations and they build off of each other. I think that was one of the big things that I wanted to happen. It wasn't me giving a whole lecture every day. It was them communicating with each other, putting content together, making videos, all that good stuff. How do you structure the class so that students can do that kind of work? Uh, it is project-based learning. That's what they wanted the course to be. So a lot of the times I'll teach it real quick. We'll watch a video and then I'll have student leaders kind of lead conversations. So I'm like, okay, this is what we're talking about. Now you, Sam, you're going to lead the discussion. I need you to come up with a question that's going to guide us into our next topic. I need you to find a video, you know, given and designating them different tasks to get them thinking and moving on their own so 
I'm not doing all the work. They're thinking, they're learning together. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of like the main focus of, of it, giving them a voice about what they want to learn. Do you have to coach students um, to be these kind, to take on these leadership roles or do they figure it out on their own? Uh, in this course, surprisingly, I haven't had to do too much. There has, you know, some of the shy ones, it's like, uh, I don't really want to talk, but we were able to kind of give them something else. So it's like, hey, I noticed you didn't like to talk. Like, what is your niche? What is something you're passionate about? So that's kind of how I started the course. Like, what is something you're interested in? Like, what do you what do you like to talk about? Well, what do you like to do? Some of them like food, some of them like music. And I'm like, okay, well, this is gonna be your niche. This is how you're gonna put together your capstone. Um, so my shy like artist people, they were sketching and um, drawing and put, putting together those art pieces and being like, hey guys, this is what I came up with. Instead of diving into conversations right away, they were putting together their own kind of formula to how they wanted to express themselves. This is really fascinating to me, as you can tell. Um, oh, thanks. So, That's all so, I was like, wait, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm, I feel like I'm picking up on a really important theme in what happens in your classroom. It seems like a lot of what you do um, has builds off of a connection that you have with students. And the reason I'm inferring that is because there have been several instances where I picked up that a lot of the things that happen in this course result from following students' interests or picking up oh, on yeah. things that students are interested in. And a teacher can only pick up on those things if they're connecting with their kids. Is that correct? Yes. And I think that's what's been the hardest thing in this semester. Even with my regular sophomore course, um, I had to figure out different ways to do that just on Zoom. So I like to be goofy. I always tell myself if I'm not making my kids laugh at least once during the day, then I'm not doing my job, right? <laughs> like, I have to hear them laugh. I have to see that they're okay. Even if we're hybrid or in person under the mask, I'm like, I don't know how they're feeling. <laughs> Let me make them laugh because I want to make sure they're okay. Um, and sometimes it just, it gets into those random questions where I'm like on Zoom checking in. Okay, guys, what's your favorite, what's your favorite Chick-fil-A sauce when you go to Chick-fil-A? If you're done with your work, what's like, what's your, what's your Chick-fil-A sauce? We need to know. I'm like, ew, you like, you like Polynesian? That's nasty, Sam. That's, that's gross. What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Just little things like that, just to kind of see what their interests are, just little things. Um, I think that's like the highlight of teaching for me is just being able to connect in small ways like that. If I, if I can't connect to the students, it's a, it's a little bit harder for me to teach. Yeah, and it seems like a, a lot of these small ways, it's also like a low stakes way of helping students put themselves out there. You're not having oh, yeah. them put themselves out there in like a place where they're getting graded. It's just kind of getting to know right. each other and then building that community. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Wow. So and making sure they're right, they're liking the right Chick-fil-A sauce. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're not going to be my favorite student. I'm just joking. <laughs> so, so can you tell me just a little bit more about what some of these capstone projects look like before we bring it on yeah. home yes so I have so many in the portfolio the first semester was amazing because the superintendent was going around for all the courses that got approved he was going around and being like okay which one's gonna get cut in that semester my kids showed out so there's two girls that put together this spoken word piece. I'm gonna send it to you because 
the words cannot describe how amazing they put it together. They did it all their on their own. All I did was show them um, this pair spoken word poem. And I was like, this is an option for the capstone. What ways could you tie what we talked about in the hate you give to this? And they just went at it. They like, I, I can't explain it in words. That was um, a super powerful one. The superintendent was like, okay, you can keep your class after this. And all the kids were in the room like, we need a part two, we need a part two. Um, one of the kids, uh, two of actually a few of my male students, they want to be rappers. <laughs> a lot of them want to be rappers nowadays. So um, they produce their own music and they, I was like, how did you put this together? Like, I just downloaded this app on my phone. I did all this stuff. You showed me how to um, put things together and I, and I just went ahead and did it. I was like, okay, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, didn't, I was not expecting that either. Um, one student put together a, a whole mural. It's in my room, um, my classroom. And um, she painted it and put kind of like the different faces of the students that she saw. Um, and she was one of my most uncomfortable students. She was like, because Ms. Thomas, she was one of the ones in the beginning of the semester. She was like, Ms. Thomas, I'm going to be real with you. I'm white and I'm really nervous about asking questions because what if someone takes it the wrong way? And I was like, girl, that's what we're here for. And I want you to ask those questions. I want you to engage and be comfortable. So I'm going to back you up, ask the question and you're going to be good. And she came out of that class with like a whole new perspective. She's like, I'm taking African-American literature when I go to college. I just want you to know that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and she painted this whole mural um, to represent everyone in the class. Um, what else did we see? We saw, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff I have in my archive, but um, yeah, it was just different pieces and things that they put together um, last, semester for Black History Month. It was very last minute. My kids hated me for it, but we put on a um, Black History Month showcase um, where they all created presentations and games. And um, because they didn't have anything planned for Black History Month at our school for whatever reason. Um, and the kids came around and um, they went to the different showcase spots and they watched their peers present. Um, we've done a lot of different things. One thing I meant to say earlier, we had lots of guest speakers come in too. Uh, we have an Africa unit. So in the beginning, we talk about just the motherland Africa um, and how that ties to African-American culture. So we go through the whole movement of slavery and where it tied to later years, the music, Harlem Renaissance, all that stuff. Um, so we had, um, this man from Zimbabwe come in and talk about his culture, his home. And he gave us this nice long presentation on that. We've had artists come in. Uh, we had a spoken word, uh, professional spoken word artists come in and uh, do a couple of poems. So it was really about um, getting the community involved. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of, uh, we'll call in italics that teacher. Um, mm -hmm who said, like, you've been in staff meetings or PD meetings where I could never do this with my kids or I don't have the time. You know, that's the thing, the two things that teachers always say. Yeah. What it would, so for the teachers who can't create a class, which is just mm -hmm. an exceptional undertaking, how, what are some pieces of what you're doing that you think other teachers could try? 
Um, I think, oops, camera. I think the main thing for all, like all teachers that you should you should be able as an educator at this point to provide is giving students a chance to give voice in some way, shape, or form. So whether that be a discussion board post that dives deeper than just the regular, hey, what do you think of this question? Um, and giving them a chance to go and think for themselves for a moment. So instead of being like, hey, this is how you should answer this question. Hey, what do you think about this? What, what are your thoughts and why? Why do you think that way? I think that's amazing that you think that way and kind of getting them in the field for how they as a person think. That was one of the things I felt like I lacked a lot in high school personally. I think that's why I give it to my students so often, giving them a chance to give voice to whatever they're putting together. And, you know, one of the other things that you talked about, um, it reminds me of something that I, I interviewed Ivana Farrar, who teaches in Trotwood, and, mm -hmm. it, and it reminded me of something that she was kind of talking about. A lot of teachers maybe are forced to teach a certain curriculum. They don't have a freedom. Yeah. But one of the things that you're doing is you're taking like a text that like the hate you get, for example, or maybe another teacher has been assigned a text that they have to teach by their department. And you're supplementing it with other really current things. And to find out about those current things, you're asking your students, like you just said. Right. It's it's all about supplementing and adding different, lots of different voices, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think that's, like you said, the, the important thing is, especially with everything that's going on in the world, I think giving them a space to be like, hey, you can come in this room and talk about it. We can have a conversation about it and you can find what way you're able to express yourself or your thought process on certain things without being judged. You know, I think that's the big thing. Nowadays, kids are worried about what people think or what people see when they say something. So just giving them a space to go through the whole motion of whatever they're thinking. So, I mean, I probably don't have to tell you that Celine's teaching situation was a little bit unique. We don't all get the chance to create the class that we've always imagined teaching. But I know that there are elements of what she did or strategies that she used along the way that we could all probably pull into our teaching. And if you're the kind of teacher who listens to teaching podcasts, you've probably been thinking of those things all along. So I probably don't even need to tell you that. At OWP, we believe in the power of writing and the expertise of teachers. To find out more about the Ohio Writing Project and to follow Celine Thomas and her work, be sure to check out this episode's show notes. We want teachers like you to join us in this transformational work. On that note, when you're trying to do big things as a teacher, we know it can be isolating. OWP is the professional home of hundreds of teachers who set out to create the classrooms they've always imagined. By listening to and in sharing this podcast and by spreading the joy of OWP, you are an important part of what makes OWP so great. I want to thank Celine Thomas for our chat today. And I want to thank Tim Reisert for being this episode's contributing poet. But above all, I want to thank you for tuning in to Write Answers.